Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is your Apostle Nicole Reddick Alexander. And I am coming to you today with the message, the final message on the prophecy of the death of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, part four. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your love that covers us. I thank you for the faith, the work that you began in us. And that you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I pray that you will open up the hearts and the minds of your hearers. That they may hear and see with an understanding. I pray that as I preach this message, that your people will be empowered, delivered, set free. That salvation will come to those that believe and those that don't believe. In the name of the Lamb that was slain, the potentate king, forever and ever. Amen and amen. <clears throat> the prophecy of the death of the Messiah. Jesus Christ. This is Converting Souls Apostolic Ministries. And we're going to start out with covering a few pieces of leading up to Christ's death. Let's turn to Matthew, the 26th chapter. Now we've been talking about the prophecies from the book of Zechariah and the book of Daniel. Then we came to the New Testament, which is where the new covenant begins. And we have been talking about the prophesying of Jesus Christ himself about his death, where he prophesied his death. Now we're going to actually see some fulfillment in this last lesson and what things mean now. So let's go to Matthew 26. And we're going to start out at 3 and 4. Now the prophecy here is the betrayal of the 30 pieces of silver. This is the fulfillment thereof according to the account in Matthew. And then there's an account in Mark and an account in Luke. But we're going to talk about Matthew and then go to Luke. 
It says, then assembled together, Matthew 26, verse 3, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now, in between the time the chief priests and the elders came together to consult on how they might kill him, it was subtlety. That is a character of Satan. Killing is a, a, a character of Satan. In the Bible, it is the deeds of the Nicolaitans and the doctrine thereof. Well, let's go to verse 6. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. I want to look at Luke's account. John, matter of fact, let's go to John, the 12th chapter. I just wanted to point this out. I, I've read this this morning, and it is important. The anointing of Jesus by Mary. It says it, it, the cost of it was a pound of ointment of spikenard, and it was very costly. And she anointed Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Then saith one, one of his disciples, Now here is the betrayer. And he's saying, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Then he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Judas Iscariot, which should betray him. His thought processes about finances. The thief hadn't left him. The thief was right there with him. This segment in John 12 and Matthew 27 is an important segment because of Jesus' response. He said, let her alone. Against the day of my burying hath she kept this. 
For the poor always have ye with you, but me ye have not always. I want you to understand, Jesus was explaining this. In verse, in Matthew in 26, it says, verse 10, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For you have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, whosoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there also shall be this testimony that this woman hath done, be told a memorial of her. It is an important part leading up to the death of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Why is that important? He said she was anointing him for his burial. Now, God anointed him with the Spirit of God for his ministry. But here he is about to die. And God is anointing him for his death through Mary. The anointed one. The anointed one. The anointed one. The anointed one. Now let's go to down to verse 14. This is still leading up to the fulfillment. Now we talked in Zechariah about beauty being cut off, being cut off, cut asunder, being broken. But he was able to be broken and cut off because he was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. But we understand this is the price for life. Some people might say, well, that's a small price to pay, 30 pieces of silver, 30 shekels. That was a lot of money back then. But to God, it was the ultimate price. He gave of his son. He gave of his son. Now let's look at this a little bit more. Then one of the twelve called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. Now remember, they took counsel to subtly kill Jesus. It is the work of Satan. And I'm going to get to the, I'm going to pull it in for you. And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he saw opportunity to betray him. So here we have the account of the anointing of Christ for his burial. We also have the account of fulfillment from Zechariah on the 30 pieces of silver. Now for Daniel, the fulfillment is there as well. To anoint was the last thing in verse 24. 
to Luke, the 22nd chapter, for 30 pieces of silver. I want to tell you more how Satan was behind this. This is the prophecy of God in Genesis. Satan will bruise his head, but the seed of the woman will crush his head. And that also was a prophecy. In Zechariah, in Daniel, in Zechariah, in Jeremiah, where he said he will break the covenant in one day by the seed of man. He will sow the seed of man. And we're leading up to the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Mary, the virgin, a human, the seed, and Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, a seed of man. Let's go into this a little more. Luke, the 22nd chapter. Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes saw how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Here it is. Then entered Satan. Into Judas is surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and confident to give him money. And he promised and saw opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. The 30 pieces of silver. The 30 pieces of silver. The price for life. Let's turn over. To where he actually betrays him in Luke. Luke, the 22nd chapter. Verse 47. He says, And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Knowing Judas's heart, now remember Satan now is in him. So is he really saying to Judas or is he saying to Satan? Here he's saying to Judas, why? Because he calls his name. Judas, betrayest thou the son of man with a kiss? I want you to understand, when Jesus want to address you, he calls you by name. Here he's saying, Judas, and although Satan has entered into him to do the betrayal, he spoke to the man and not the demon. But when Peter 
said, Lord, it's being far from you that you should die and on the third day rise again. He said, Satan, get thee behind me because you savorest the things that be of men and not of God. I want you to understand that when God knows who is behind what and he we want to dress what and who and how, he says Satan when it is Satan. He says Judas when it is Judas. He calls out the name. So to Peter, he was saying, Satan, Satan gave you this thought. And Satan never savors the things that be of God. Satan never favors the things that be of God. That's what savor mean. He never favors it. He rather wants you to have what you want. He favors what you want. Why? Because he knows if you get what you want, you will continue to follow him and disobey God. But at the same time, it may not always be sin that you're following. Because Peter, he loved Jesus. And he said, Lord, being far from you, you you saying you're going to die, but I love you and you got to stay here. But that's what Peter wanted. He wanted the Messiah always with him, continually teaching him. But the Messiah had to go. His purpose of being in the earth and dying and for you and for me and raising on the third day was the plan of God. He couldn't divert to the plan of man. And we've got to understand that. Satan comes in to divert us from the plans of God. We've got to understand. Judas, he said, betrayest thou the son of man with a kiss. I want to drop down because this is where they capture Jesus. And I, I just want to read what he says to them. He said unto the chief priest in verse 52, and the captains of the temple and the elders. These are men and women among the saints. These are the leaders that he's talking to. The ones that are yielding to Satan. And I want you to understand that. Because it was the timing and the plan of God. Be ye come out as against the faith with swords and staves. When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth not your hands against me but this is your hour and the power of darkness we've got to be aware when and it's not for everybody to be aware but other leaders jesus dealt personally with them as you can see in the Bible, if you ever studied how he dealt with the people, he dealt with them. How he dealt with the disciples, he dealt with them. And how he dealt with the leaders. Three different types of people, believers or followers. Those are the people. 
disciples, those he training for ministry, and chief priests and leaders and scribes, they supposed to be the masters. But sometimes Satan get behind the masters and their eyes are blinded to the truth. Um, this is what Jesus said, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. There's always gonna be an hour for the power of darkness in our lives. It was in Jesus' life as, as the leading first apostle. And as you walk with God as a disciple, there's gonna be an hour for the power of darkness. If you are a follower of Christ, there's gonna be an hour for the power of darkness. And if you are a leader, that don't yield to Satan. There's gonna be an hour for the power of darkness in your life. And I want you to understand that this hour is designated and planned by God, not just with Jesus, but with Job, but with Joseph. And we've got to understand in the leadership position, in the followers position, in the discipleship position, there is gonna be an hour. And each person that I named, Job, he just was an upright man before God. It doesn't say he was a leader in the church anywhere, but he loved God and he was a follower. Joseph, and now Jesus, I want you to understand, every person's hour for the power of darkness is different. It don't have to be the same. It don't have to be the same. Christ paid the ultimate price, but there's a warfare because Satan is not dead. He's still in the earth, still trying to persuade men their way is right. Still trying to persuade men not to continue in the pathway and the plan of God. Still trying to persuade them from the followers to the leaders. There are going to be some betrayers. Let's move on because we're talking about the fulfillment here. The fulfillment in the time leading up to what was prophesied about Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. The prophecy of the death of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Now the kiss. He said, you betray me with a kiss. This was the sign. It wasn't the sign of God, but the sign of the man who was betraying him. That was, was subtly trying to kill him. It was a sign of Satan. And what was it? It was a token. A pre-concerted signal. In other words, you know how 
you plan something, a, a surprise, and, and you have one person be the lookout, they give you a signal. It's preconcerted. It's the token. The kiss was it. It was the sign. But see, giving a surprise party, your signal was good. Judas's signal was of Satan. He was all up in it. He said Satan entered into him. It was the chief priest, the scribe's time, and the hour of the power of darkness. It, uh, it has Satan written all over it. Let's go on to this 30 pieces of silver for the potter's field. To Matthew's account in chapter 27. All these things was prophesied. And remember about Zechariah, 30 pieces of silver in the potter's field. One through ten. When the morning was come, now now they had already arrested Jesus and he had to go before Pilate. As they took counsel to put him to death, they had bound him and led him away and delivered him unto Pontius Pilate, the governor. And verse 3, then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood, the innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. <laughs> The chief priest's attitude, it was worse than Judas. Judas realized what he had done, but the, the chief priest and the scribes, the blinders were still on. And he cast down the pieces of silver into the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, it is not lawful for two Put them in the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and bought them with the potter's field to, buy, to bury strangers in. Wherefore the field was called the field of blood unto this day. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet. Saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him, that was valued whom they of the children of Israel did value. And they're talking about Christ. They valued him. The children of Israel. His mother valued him. The disciples and many of their followers valued Christ. And gave them for the potter's field as the Lord appointed me. Jeremiah, 
And this is where he said he will break the covenant and sow the seed of man. He sowed the seed of man and broke the covenant. The Old Testament, the Old Covenant in this death, burial, and resurrection was broken. We are in the New Testament, the New Covenant. And testament means covenant. He says in verse 4, I have betrayed the innocent blood. What was the blood? The blood of Christ, the sacrificial lamb. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. The lamb, as it had been slain, the lamb, as it had been slain, how was he sitting there speaking to the lamb? In verse 12, they say, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive glory and honor and power and blessings and strength and wisdom and riches. And down in verse 14, he says, they fell down and worship him that lived forever and ever. Amen. The innocent blood. Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. This brings me into another account that I want to bring out. In John, the 16th chapter. The Bible says, in Daniel... That Prince the Messiah was cut off, but not for himself. What did he mean? Well, the fulfillment is in John. It's in the four synoptic gospels, but it's in John, the 16th chapter. That's the account we're going to. The 32nd verse. He says, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered every man to his own and shall leave me alone and yet i am not alone because the father is with me they were scattered this is christ's prophecy of it now let's go back to matthew or zechariah let's go to zechariah first 
Zechariah. Zechariah, the 13th chapter. The seventh verse. He says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd. And against the man that is my fellow. This is God again. Says the Lord of hosts. That's the God of the angels. Smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. This is Christ he's talking about. Awake, O school, sword, against my shepherd. And the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn my hand upon the little ones. I want you to understand. The sheep scattered at his death. The sheep scattered in the fulfillment. The fulfillment. John 18, 18. It says, this is where Peter scattered. He had denied Jesus three times like Christ had prophesied. In verse 17, then the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, are not thou also one of this man's disciples? He said, I am not. And the servant and officer stood there who had made a fire and coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves. Peter stood with them and warmed himself. In verse 25, Then Simon Peter stood and warmed himself again. And they said there unto him, Are thou not also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman, whose ear Peter cut off, said, did I not see thee in the garden? Peter denied again, and immediately the cock crew. He left, he departed, he kept denying Christ. Matthew 26. John 18, 18. John 18, 8 says, Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, they're looking for him. And he says, I am he, I am he. And then they said, whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he answered them and said, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way. So that the Saying might be fulfilled of them which thou gave me, have I lost none? Have he lost none? He said, let them go their way. They were supposed to scatter. And so he fulfilled another prophecy in saying, let them go their way. In Matthew, the 26th chapter, in verse 56, to fulfill this scripture that we read, he said in verse 56, But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled.
This is when they captured Jesus. They forsook him and fled. The sheep was scattered. They left him alone. I want to touch on some um, accounts of his, his crucifixion. Remember in Zechariah, beauty will be cut asunder. And in Daniel, Prince the Messiah will be cut off. This was speaking to the crucifixion. John, the 19th chapter. John, the 19th chapter. The 17th verse. And, the and he bearing his cross, talking about Christ, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, and his, and which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him on either side, one and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And the chief priest of the Jews said to Pilate, write not the king of the Jews, but he said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they have crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, to every soldier a part, and to his coat also. And the coat was without seam woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. It was an expensive coat. Whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled. They parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. Now the soldiers wouldn't have knew the scripture. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. Let's go to Let's go to Let's go to Matthew Let's go to Matthew The 27th chapter.
the 45th verse. We just heard him in his crucifixion. Let's go through with the death. Now, verse 45. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. Let's talk about this verse. The sixth hour, there was darkness. Six representing mankind. To the ninth hour. Nine meaning finality. Six meaning mankind. And nine meaning finality. It is finished. Darkness. Darkness meant the judgment of God on Christ. It meant the judgment of God on Christ because of you and me. It was not for himself. Remember, Messiah the Prince will be cut off, but not for himself. It was for you and me. From the sixth to the ninth hour, for three hours, Jesus stood on the cross in judgment by God. The sixth through the ninth hour. Let's look deeper into this. Amos, the eighth chapter. Here's the prophecy of it. <clears throat> Amos, the, the eighth chapter. The ninth through the tenth verse. It says... And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord God, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day, and I will turn your feast into mourning, and all your songs into lamentation, and I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins, and baldness upon every head, and I will make it as the morning of an only sun, and the end thereof is a bitter day." I want you to understand the prophecy here. The prophecy. I want you to be able to see it. Darken me past judgment. He says, he says in verse 9, It shall come to pass in that day, I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. The sun going down on a clear day. And the earth is darkened. Why? Because God is passing judgment. He says, but I will turn your feast into mourning. And all your songs into lamentation. And I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins and baldness upon every head. And I will make it as the morning of the only sun. Rachel lamenting, weeping. This is the spirit of grace and supplication talked about in Zechariah. And I will make it as the morning. And see, that's not a morning day. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G is a death morning. It's a sadness, a sorrowness of the soul. 
and at the end thereof is a bitter day. It's a bitter day. It's the spirit of grace and supplication talked about in Zechariah. Zechariah, the 12th chapter. The 10th verse, he says, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one that mourneth for his only son. His only son. And he shall, it shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. To Matthew, the 27th chapter. Matthew, the 27th chapter. So here we have it. The finality. The ninth chapter. Let's go to John. I want I want to, I want to have to bring in the finality. Jesus spoke it. He said, "It is finished." In John 19. He said, in verse 30, when therefore had Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now I do want you to understand that while he was on the cross, they pierced his side. It is the fulfillment. Let me go. He said it is finished. The new covenant is now being brought in. The Messiah was cut off. We're walking in the day of the new covenant. The New Testament. The final week, week 70 in Daniel. He said in verse 34, go down with me from John 19 verse 34. But when, 33, but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they broke none of his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came out blood and water. And he saw that it bare record and the record is true. And he knoweth that he saith is true that you might believe. And it was fulfilled that not a bone of his body would be broken. And they looked on him whom they have pierced. The son and the, the Jews that loved him, they were in mourning through the sixth and the ninth hour. 
It is finished, he said. The old covenant is passed away. The new covenant is in. Now let's go see. Let's go see. Let's go see. Here we are at his burial. And they, verse 40, we're still in John 19. Then they took the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher. How about that? Now we are entering into a new covenant, and he's in being buried in a new grave. And there was never man yet laid, and there laid therefore Jesus, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Now, that was the account of his death and burial. Now it is resurrection day. It is time for Christ to be risen. It is the 70th week. And now, I told you earlier, it is the 70th week, but the resurrection week is the 70th week. The, the week that he got cut off was the 69th week in Daniel. It ended the 69th week. So here the resurrection, we're in the 70th week. And if their Sabbath is on a Friday, Sunday would be the midweek. So here we have an account of Christ. In the 70th week of Daniel, he was confirming the new covenant. And he brought, and he had many witnesses. So here we go. Now, I'm in Bible school, and so I want you to understand. They gave account that over 500 people saw Christ. But I'm going to show you of the ones from the Bible that I have taken account of. Let's go, let's start with Mark. Let's go to Mark. Mark, no, I don't want that account. Let's go to Matthew. It is a good an account, but um, in the other account, it shows Mary and others the account is in matthew 28 mark 16 luke 24 and john 20 and 21 
to verse 4. Luke 24, verse 4. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? You're seeking the living among the dead. He said, Why? Why? He is not here, but he is risen. He is risen. He is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day raise again. He is risen. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the eleven. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary of the mother of James and other women that were with them and which all told these things unto the apostles. See, Mark only gave account of one Mary, the one that he drove out demons. But this one is given account of more than one person. This is the confirmation. And their words seemed to be as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran, stooping down with the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself, what has come to pass? Isn't that like God, though? He, 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 he gives us this mind of, wow, what really did you do, Lord? It's a, a, a sign and a wonder. It make you go, wow, Lord. Wow, wow, Lord, wow. A sign and a wonder. A sign and a wonder. And why? I told you I was going to rise again. Why would you look for me among the dead? Why? Why? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? The angel said. Why? Unbelievers, you want to see God. You got to come to the living. The living are those in Jesus Christ who already came alive because they believed. You want to live. You want to live. You want to live. You need Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. You need him today. You got to look for him among the living. Those that say church, they are among the living. They are alive in Christ. They're supposed to not walk in deceit, but live and walk by his holy word. Why are you living? Why are you looking for Christ among the dead? He won't be among y'all. You've got to come to the church. That is where the living is. You've got to see Christ. That's where he's lifted up. That's where you can live. 
They don't know him. Don't look for him among the dead. They only know about him. I need you to come to the church house. I need you to understand that he is among the living and he wants a relationship with you. He wants you to live. That's why he died so that you might live. That's why he rose again, that you might live. You can come to Christ today. This is the season we are commemorating the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is not among the dead. He is among the living. Seek him among the living. Seek him among the living. Come to the living. Come to the living. We will give you the truth. We will give you the truth. Seek him among the living. That's what the angel was telling them. Don't seek him among the dead. You won't find him. He's risen. He's not among men anymore that are dead. He's among the living. He's among the living. Come unto him. He's among the living. You can't find him. You only can find him with those that are living. And he wants the same thing for you that he gave to me. He wants life for you. You, you, you are. Your spirit needs to become alive. Your spirit needs to become alive. He wants you living. And it only become alive when it's influenced by God through his son, Jesus Christ, the risen savior, the lamb that was slain, that liveth forever and never. Heavenly Father, I pray that many hearts come to you today, that they believe on your son, Jesus Christ, Prince the Messiah, beauty that was cut asunder, but is risen again, the lamb that was slain and is in heaven forever and never and is worshiped by all. Father, I pray that they come. I pray that your, your spirit is touching their hearts about your son. And that they will come among the living. Come out of the grave. Come out of the dead, even as Jesus did. And come among the living. Father, I pray they choose life today. And your son, Jesus Christ. For he was not cut off for himself, but for them and for me and for all the world. And those that choose him. In the mighty name of our. The one of great authority. The apostle and high priest of our faith. The lamb that was slain. The great shepherd. The good shepherd and the chief of all shepherds. Amen and amen.